Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Good day from the front porch. Welcome to the Tomahawk Take Podcast, or as we're going to call ourselves now, we are off Leo's rocker. I'm Alan Carpenter, and I'm joined by senior writer Fred Owen. Say hi, Fred. I'm here, I think. We're both old enough to be right at home in a pair of rocking chairs, but this is our chance to talk about the state of Atlanta Braves baseball in a way that we just can't quite do when writing about it on TomahawkTick.com. So we're going to begin this episode by talking about the news of the week that was, though it's been a little while since we've talked with you all, so maybe a little more than just a week. Key things to start with, Ronald Acuna is back again, and... Though, frankly, while his presence is definitely helpful to the team, it hasn't really spurred the team on to any more wins at this point, which is kind of frustrating. And the result has been a 2-4 and four record in the last week and 5-6 and six over the last two weeks since we, since we last got together. On the injury front, Tyler Matzik is hurt. He's going to be gone for another week plus, but uh, at least at this point, his is the only new injury, joining Manny Pena on the uh, injured list as as well as Eddie Rosario. So it's still been relatively good health for the Braves, and that's helpful, but again, that hasn't translated into more wins. Fred, what have you been seeing about this team last couple weeks? Well... (laughs) For me, the, the lineup has really been sort of blah. We're not getting on base. We're, we have this big inning and we score two or three runs, maybe. Maybe we score four or five runs. Okay, well, that's enough. We quit. And then the other team is crawl, crawls its way back into the game, not because our pitchers are bad, per se, per se. Our bullpen has still been really good. I said, well, you know, they gave away the lead three times. Yes, but look at who gave the lead away. Uh, and, and what, how they gave it away. You should, that one run deficit, pitchers can give up a home run because the batter hits the ball over the park, out of the park by accident. Uh, I remember Tom Fraser broke his bat and hit a home run. Home runs happen. Pitchers can't stop that. So you, you, one run is always subject to go away. Uh, Jansen probably should have, uh, would have loved to go out and do that again, but everybody has a bad day. The problem was he went in there with only one run, and they Braves had let him back in the game. They scored, and they quit scoring. Now, part of that's Burns, but that's happened repeatedly no matter who the other pitcher was. Uh, and 
if the, if the lineup doesn't start just adjusting to every ball isn't going to fly out of the ballpark, hit some line drives, stop swinging at balls around your ankle and on the first pitch, uh, and and try to have a two strike a, a two strike approach at the plate, then the, the lineup's going to continue to fail. You can't hit home runs and expect everyone this year. So you've got to get back and learn how to play baseball. And that's that's line drives, keep the ball in play, hit the ball hard, hit the ball in play, off the ground preferably. And, and they just aren't doing that. They're popping up. Duvall, I call him pop now because everything goes up in the air but not very far. And um, uh, Ozuna, until the pitcher hit his bat with those two home runs, um, he was just air-conditioned in the ballpark. Uh, so it's just it's very frustrating because, you know, once they get past a certain point, it's, oh, please let somebody hit. Oh, please let somebody hit. <laughs> yeah, you've got a good point uh, about the one-run games because obviously anything can happen when you're only leaning by one. And uh, certainly we saw that in the San Diego series where all of a sudden it seemed like a great infield defense imploded. Everybody in the infield except Ozzy had two errors uh, within about three games. And, that gave up like something like eight unearned runs or something like that. And even Ozzy Albies had a couple of plays that you might have thought were a little on the questionable side, but he didn't get charged with theirs. So, yeah, I mean, you can't give a pitcher a one-run lead and say, okay, go for it and, and not support him behind you. Your point about swinging at uh, at balls like crazy is, is is well taken as well. Clearly, these guys know the strike zone. You can see that when they do take pitches, because there's, uh, you know, short of a umpire extending the strike zone laterally a, a couple of inches here and there, they know where the balls strike and where where they don't more than anything else. When you do swing at strikes, they're still not hitting them. There's a lot of whiff going on, and I wonder too, if they're just continuing to try and hit everything out of the park instead of trying to go for getting on base, moving runners over, knocking them in. Hitting with running runners in scoring position when that happens is abysmal, and that's just not the way we've seen now the Braves the last several years, and that's, that's just frustrating to watch. Well, yeah, that, the, you're talking about the whiff rate. The whiff rate is horrible. We're, we're at 13.4% whiff rate for the team overall. And that's uh, a point higher than than the Marlins, and it's uh, three points higher than the Mets, and two higher than it's it's actually three points higher than the Nationals. We we have the worst <laughs> whiff rate in the division. So having said that, we have the lowest cold strike rate in the division. And when we get to three and two, we hit better than everybody else in the division. But it's before three and two. It seems like they swing and they swing and they get to three and two. Like, oh my gosh, I've got to do something here. And then they put the ball in play. They don't strike out. Uh, they're hitting 260, 267, 511, 515 on three and two count. So they know how to hit at that rate. But when you get down, the other night, I, did you, if you watch the Mets game or the highlights of the Mets game two or three days ago, you'll see Brandon Nemo reach out and just take a half swing and smack a ball right down the third baseline on the outside half of the plate. Just reached out and slapped it down the third baseline because they were shifted around to the left for him. He just reached out and did it and doubled two runs scored, and all of a sudden game's over. And the, the Braves don't have anybody that's willing to do that. Yeah, Nobody on the Braves, nobody's willing to do that. They want to swing and hit that ball all the way to the warning truck. 
Yeah, and lest anybody thinks that, that Nimmo's uh, at-bat was an aberration, uh, think about Colton Wong and what he did against Jansen. Uh, he had two strikes almost right away. The, the Braves were one strike away from winning the game, and he kept extending that at-bat until he got lucky with a triple. Yes, he got lucky, but he got lucky because he worked the, the count, he worked the at-bat, and kept spoiling pitches. Uh, maybe you could argue Jansen was a little tired because of his back-to-back outings. You could say a lot of things about that, but it was Colton Wong who made that uh, happen, and he ended up effectively winning the game for Milwaukee. Yeah, the, uh, the people who can do that for a living are going to do a lot better over the next couple of years than the people who unbutton their top button and try to hit it to Marietta every time there. You're going to see guys like like McNeil like uh, and, and Nemo and Wong, and these guys who come up and can, can actually control the bat, they can actually, they actually step back on two-strike count and get in with a, instead of taking that, that leg kick, they spread out, they grab up an inch on the bottom of the bat, and they, like Joey Votto, they hit the ball the other way, and they take whatever the pitcher gives them and turn it into a base hit. We don't have anybody that's willing to do that. And despite what Freddie Freeman says, it's not that easy. I know it isn't, but you're a major league ball player. You're getting paid at, the, at bare minimum half a million dollars. Learn to do that. Yeah, and we got job. Yeah, and we got the world champs here, so supposedly uh, playing on this roster. And yeah, you, you mentioned 260 average with uh, three and two count. Well, overall, it's 223 right now, and that's right in the na- same neighborhood as the Pirates, the Detroit Tigers, the Texas Rangers, and Cincinnati Reds. Worse than that are Arizona, Oakland, but they're way back. Uh, but still, you can see the quality of the teams that uh, are right around that batting average, and that's got to change. That uh, really does need to change quickly if if this team's going to do something. No, I was going to say the Mets. The Mets keep breaking pitchers. I don't wish anybody any hard luck. I was really, it's really a sad thing to see a guy like Scherzer come out of the game because he's hurt. But he's going to be out six weeks. DeGrom's out. And now it's um, Cookie Carrasco and uh, three guys. Okay. And, but these guys have been pitching well. They lost Miguel. They lost, they, they haven't had DeGrom now. Scherzer's out. But they've been pitching well. And when they haven't pitched well, they've scored runs because they're all playing for the team on the front, so the name on the back, because Buck won't allow anything else. And these guys are not going to quit because they lose Scherzer. They're not going to start. They're not going to cave in. They're not going to lose game after game. Um, much like the Braves didn't lose game after game when they lost Ronnie last year. They're, they're, the team rallies around that kind of thing. But, you know, you can't sit ten, ten, seven, ten uh, games back at the 1st of June or July and expect it when when the when the division or, or make the playoffs this year you can't do it it's not going to happen right and that that actually gets to my uh, next topic here going around the league and the the question I had was are the Braves getting themselves too far back in the L East because you you could say yeah they're seven and a half back and and they're kind of mired back there still can't find the five hundred mark and and such but I'm still seeing you know. There's possibilities here because the Mets did have a great start. They started 14 and five, nine games over 500. That was April 26 when they beat St. Louis. Today, as we record this, they beat St. Louis again in extra innings to go 25 and 14. But that's only 11 and nine over their last 20 games. 
they aren't exactly running away with it. They could have been burying everybody, and and so far it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do so. And as you point out, with all these pitching injuries, the time may be right to go uh, get on a run and go after these Mets. Yeah, that's a great idea. I I would like to get on a run and go after them too. And this this lineup can certainly go on a go on a tear. I mean, if if we could get the top four guys or four or five guys hitting. Semi-consistently, this lineup is going to be pretty rough. The idea at the start of the season was there's not going to be a weak spot in the lineup, and the truth is there's only about three guys in the lineup on any given night that you can depend on to do something. And, you know, I know everybody loves Duvall, and he's doing a much better job in in center field than I ever thought he would, but he's a black hole in the lineup. He's a black hole in the lineup. He doesn't get on base. He doesn't hit for average. And when he's not getting his home runs, like this year, He's an out waiting to happen. And uh, that, you know, that's part, part we couldn't fix that. We can't, couldn't fix that before the season. And I don't know how we're going to fix it in season. My question is, is Drew Waters worse? Huh. There's a question, yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure of the answer. But uh, what we have seen is a fairly significant difference between AAA pitching and Major League pitching. And... If you aren't sure that he's going to be able to come up and and do some damage, then it's hard to say. Yeah, we need to promote Drew Waters, and I'm not I'm not ready to make that call myself. And I'm not sure when you can say he's going to be ready. He's, he's been toiling in AAA for a couple of years now, and he's a streaky guy. He strikes out a lot. I'm not sure he's going to be able to add to this lineup uh, at the major league level if he continues to to do the, those kinds of things. If, if he were another, if, well, what you're looking for is contact guys, guys that can make contact, put the ball in play, uh, make hits. And I'm not sure that Drew is that kind of a hitter right now. Is, is he the kind of hitter that we already have in the lineup? He may be, but I'm not sure that helps the, the, the lineup as it is constructed right now. Yeah, I don't think he is either. I'm just, the question is, you know, you put the ball in center field so because he's going he's going to catch the ball and he's going to give you a good arm and all that. Well, Waters is the better center fielder. Yes. And and if you're going to have a black hole in your lineup, put the better center fielder out there. Put put Duvall in a platoon where he belongs and keep him out of that. I've, oh my God, I've got to hit right-handers today. I'm going to tell you that this Duvall is the Duvall who really is. That last year was was just that year. It was the Chris Johnson year. It, it was it was it was it was the surge year. The year before everything goes to goes to the hell in a handbag. It I I don't believe he's an everyday player on a on a good team. Period. And I never have done. Uh, he came back last year and he made me eat my words for one year. But he's back to being the guy we sent to AAA in 2019 and didn't bring back up until the until the uh, the last possible day. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, like you say, it has to, it, we, we need a contact guy, and there's nobody like that on the roster. There's yeah. nobody like that on the roster, and trades are going to be, you know, the guy that we, I think we should get is Andrew Benintendi. He's, the, he's that kind of guy, but I don't know if the Royals would trade him, and I don't know what we would give him that they would take for Benintendi right now. So, you know, and Ben Gamble's having a year too, but I think he's a one-year wonder. I, I just I just think... You know, the roster is badly constructed in terms of on-base 
and, and sluggy, and you're heavily weighted to one side. And when everybody hits, everybody's fine. Uh, and mostly when Ozzy hits, he seems to drag everybody along behind him when he goes on a tear. But Ozzy's not hitting. And, you know, he gets his doubles and stuff, but he just just not... He's not that guy yet, and it's a part of that, I think, is he's forgot that he's not supposed to be a home run hitter, and he's trying to hit one every time he gets up. I don't know. I, you'd have to ask him, but that's sure what it looks like. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it feels like a lot of these guys in the lineup. And I wonder, I've been wondering if the baseball is related to that. Yeah, this team is still like fourth or fifth in the majors and home runs hit, but I, uh, home runs are down clearly. And I wonder if the Braves were getting away with something last couple of years with the lively baseball in that they were hitting so many home runs that it overcame some of these miscues or, or bad uh, at-bats at the plate and now they're kind of being exposed that way and I, I, I do wonder if the baseball isn't part of that but you, you've had some thoughts about this baseball and I want, I want to get those on the record too. Well, uh, the baseball look, in, in 2019 uh, everybody was hitting a home run. Uh, Tommy LaSella hit two dozen up or something. He hit like 18, 16, 18 home runs. He never, he had more home runs in 2019 than he'd had in the last four years before that and, and in the time since then. He's, that's his, that's, he had 16 homers that year and he didn't have that many in the years before or since then. So everybody was going, where's the ball? Why is there all this rabbit ball? Oh my, it's, it's awful. The world's hitting the ball is a rabbit ball. And so MLB said, okay, we're going to look at that. They put together a commission, outside people to look at it, and they came up with two things. They said uh, the ball has moved its core, its coefficient of restitution, clear up to the top level of your mark. They want to move that back down to the middle. So they did that last year. The ball's last year. They moved the COR back down to the middle of the ball, and you got a ball that was responding in the middle of its specification. The other thing was drag. Uh, and the, they said higher seams probably slow that ball down a little bit. Well, since moving the COR back to the middle did what they wanted it to do, they raised the seams just a smidge, and guess what? The ball doesn't fly as far. Now, that's not a bad thing. The home run hitters are still hitting home runs. Riley's ball still goes out the ballpark. Stanton's ball still goes out the ballpark. Ask Nate Baldy how if home runs go out of Fenway Park. <laughs> Okay, and and the home run guys, guys who are going to hit home runs, who came to the major leagues to hit home runs, who were brought up because they had power, those guys are going to hit home runs because they crush baseballs. Okay, it only goes 475 feet instead of 485 feet, but it's still a home run. But you're not going to get any pop-up home runs, or you're going to get very few pop-up home runs in the place. There's nothing wrong with the baseball. The problem we've got, uh, Acuna, uh, not Acuna, Ozuna hit a ball, and he hit it like uh, 98 miles an hour, and everybody's, oh, that's going to be a home run. It fell 10 foot short of the track. Uh, and they were screaming and screaming, and the, uh, the, the ex expected batting average on that was, was not good. <laughs> and it's because he hit a moonshot. He hit it way up in the air, and when you do that, the drag gets longer time to take effect on the baseball. 
Line drives, hit the ball low and hard, get that strike, get that launch angle down below 20 degrees, uh, and, and you're going to be, you're going to see a lot of home runs go out. But if you keep trying to lift and separate, unless you're a moose, unless you're Stanton or Judge or these guys that are, you know, uh, built like, built like bricks, they're, they're, they're not, you're not going to get it out the ballpark. And the people have adjusted to the rabbit ball and they expect that home run. But but they're not going to get them all this year. Uh, the numbers this year, I went back and looked, and the batting average and on base and everything this year looks almost exactly like the data from 2015. It's almost exactly the same thing. Uh, and that was the year before they start the home runs started to ramp up. They crawled up a little bit in 16. They crawled up a little bit in 17. Uh, in 18, they went they went down a little bit. Then 2019, they exploded. And the baseball they've got now, you're getting the same kind of response you'd have got in, in 2013, 14, 15. And, uh, I know one of those years was really bad year for, uh, really, really good year for pitchers. But right now you're still talking about 2015 kind of numbers through the first 30, 35 games of the season. Um, and that, that's fine. I mean, as long as everybody's using the same ball. <laughs> Everybody's using the same ball. It's the same ball for, for Freddie Freeman as it is for Matt Olson, as it is for, uh, for, for Judge and Stanton and, and LeMayhew and all those guys. It's the same baseball. And you see that because you're seeing home runs hit everywhere. The ball's not dead. It slows down in the air quicker. But it, it's not going to go as you hit it up in the air. All that power, all that speed, velocity you added to it, as you, the higher you hit it, the more of that it takes off because it, gravity's pushing down on it all the way. So flatten that out, get those line drives back out there, and you'll drink, you're going to see home runs. But if you hit the ball to the gap and keep the hit line drives, you're going to batting average is going to go up, your on base is going to get up, and you're going to score runs. And that's the problem because you've got a lot of guys in this lineup who really truly should have only warning track kind of power but they're still trying to swing for the fences because they expect what they saw in the last couple of years. And that's not working this year. And there's an adjustment that needs to be made, but it's not being made. And that's why the Braves are only hitting 223 as a team. So it, it, it's, it's an insidious thing is like, uh, we, Complained about the live baseball when it appeared. Now we're complaining against the dead baseball now that the live baseball has disappeared. And <laughs> MLB, I fault them for continuing to change things a little bit about the baseball. But, I mean, they're, they're frankly in a no-win situation because they're going to get complained about no matter what they do. And right now that what they're doing is trying to dampen down the home runs, it seems, that and Camden Yards. Oh, the <laughs> overall yards. I can't explain that. That's a mess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the overall impact is that you're going to get less offense unless you adjust to what you have in front of you, and what you have in front of you is a baseball that lends itself to singles and doubles, not so much the doubles and homers. And this Braves team simply seems to have not adjusted to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 they, in fact, I don't think they're trying to adjust to it. I, 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 I mean, uh, uh, Darno said it. He, he knew it when, when, when that post two weeks ago of mine, Darno was quoted as saying, the seams are higher on this ball. It's not going to fly as far. And it fits Darno's swing quite well. He hits it about 20 degrees and that he, he was driving the ball out the ballpark. It, it was perfectly good for him. Um, 
But, uh, and again, you know, the big guys are going to hit home runs. Riley's going to hit home runs. It's, it's going to happen. Ozuna's going to hit home runs when he can, uh, when the ball, when the pitcher gives him, gives him one, his happy, happy zone. So, but, you know, Ozzy needs to hit line drives. He's fastest. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. If he hits the ball in the gap, it's an automatic double, maybe a triple. Why isn't he doing that? Um, and, and why is he swinging the first pitch so much when he's not hitting well this year? That's another story. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the week that's about to come up, though, and the schedule ahead of us. Uh, as we do this, uh, the Braves are – in Miami and getting ready to, to face the Marlins uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, when that weekend series finishes, they'll uh, entertain Philadelphia. And there's two teams that they need to beat that are ahead of them, but they're also kind of uh, flailing as well. The Phillies are 18 and 19. Uh, the the Marlins are 17 and 20, having come da- back down to earth a bit themselves. But the Braves are 17 and 21. So, uh, what are we going to expect from the the next week? You think? Well, you know, the the thing with the Marlins is those starters are really good. Yes, they those, are. Those are really good starters. I mean, that you, it's, uh, it's uh, almost an understatement to call them good. Uh, they're they're a lot better than good, um, and it it just. I, I, the starter ERA, the Marlins starter ERA is three three nine, and uh, they they're a two and a half WAR starting staff. Uh, Braves are two and two point five WAR starting staff, but our ERA is four three eight, uh, and they're they're giving up fewer barrels, are, are about are you know, about the same amount of barrels as us, but they're not. It's not consistently. It's not barrels that hurt them as much. If I can understand, they're keeping them in the ballpark, and they're they're making them playable. Well, they um, do have a big ballpark, at least. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the hard hit rate for the Marlins is four percent less than that is for Braves, and and those guys, you get uh, Alcantara uh, out there who can throw you that that heater, and they can come in with a changeup that'll make you come out of your socks trying to hit it, and it's it's like. Pitching there, batting against Burnus. You've got guys out there on the mound. If you give them a taste of a lead, boy, those starters are going to run with it for a long time. Now the bullpen, eh, not so much. But but ours, you know, our our lineup's not giving our starters anything to lean on. When you're out there and you're starting and you've got one run or two runs, um, it's not enough. Now I know Max gave up the runs of the day, but everybody has an off day, and he did leave with the lead. But the lineup didn't help after that, and sometimes you got to pick each other up. I worry about these Marlins because they can hit, at, and they it's one, of these, one of these teams that they smell blood, and then they, they just go hog wild. Jazz Chisholm, that's a great little ball player. They've oh got yeah, some good ball, they've got some good ball players on that team, uh, and I know people don't like Don Mattingly, but he's got them going the right direction, and uh, you know they they don't have a you know, Abisail Garcia, who thought he would be a good near outfield? I did, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they've got ball players. They're hitting the ball. Um, if their defense was a little better, they'd be really scary. And the way we're playing right now, I, you know, they're going to have to sit down and figure out um, how to keep these guys from from or keep these guys on these good pitchers, because you can't give those good pitchers anything to sniff at. If if you get two strikes on them. Uh, we're hitting something like 112 on the 0 and 2 counts. Uh, get two, get us 0 and 2. It's almost over. 
So you you really need to figure that out. And I don't know that's Seitzer's job or whatever, but it's up to the batters to do it. I'm worried about them because they pitch. The Phillies, eh. Wheeler pitches, <laughs> Nola pitches. After Wheeler and Nola, I'm not so worried about the Phillies. And I don't know who, we mat- who we're going to match up with next week. Uh, Wheeler pitched a jewel yesterday. Yes. And uh, and Nola's really good. After that, not too worried about that, and their bullpen's crap. So, uh, you know, and Harper's not playing right field, so their defense is, isn't any better than it was last year. Segura's killing the baseball. Uh, but I, so I, I don't worry so much about the Marlins because that's a slugfest, and, and we got a real good chance of winning slugfests. But, uh, I mean, about the Phillies with a slugfest, but the Marlins pitching bothers me. Yes, it does. And and we're going to have the Marlins in six out of those games in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll just go ahead and give the next schedule into June here. Miami, Philly for four games, Miami for three more. Then we go back out on the road to Arizona and Colorado. Normally you'd think that'd be a, a, a easy part of the schedule, but those two teams still have better records than the Braves have right now. I don't expect that to be the case at the end of the year, but at the same time, you know, you always have that little adage, it's not who you play, but when you play them, and they're still playing fairly well right now. I think they're starting to come back to earth, but you can't take them lightly. So even though uh, you expect to have wins out, out there, number one, it's still a West Coast trip where the Braves traditionally have not done very well lately. And it's teams that uh, still have better record than they do. After that, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Cubs. If you're going to uh, make any hay in the, in the schedule, that's going to be it mid-June. Uh, those four series really need to be a lot of wins for the Braves. But the next couple of weeks, it's going to be difficult to, to really uh, get any traction going between Miami's pitching and Philly's hitting and whatever Arizona and Colorado can bring to the table to, to come at you. So I, I don't know that, yeah, even, even as we continue to say that the, the Braves hitting is, is a problem and that they need to get some momentum. I'm not sure these next five series are, are going to be the, the kind of teams that you're going to face to get that momentum because you've got, well, let's just say I hope that this off day is being spent with uh, hitters looking a lot at pitching and coming up with a, a useful plan to try and combat their problems. Yeah, I, the, the Dodgers crushed the Diamondbacks here. Um, uh, took four from them and sort of took the wind out of their sails. They're, they're a ball club that's um, uh, totally the will gets them to fight, but uh, they they don't have much pitching. Uh, they've got two good two two good young guys out there that pitch pretty well. The rest of it is sort of bubblegum and bale and wire held together while they rebuild. And they're but they're going to fight if you give them that they were up on the Dodgers in the three games. And if you give them give them a sniff of the blood in the water, they're they're there, but their bullpen just can't can't hold a good lead against a team that's going to get going to hit. Now whether that's us or not, I don't know, but we should be able we should be able to beat the uh, take the series in, in Arizona. The one in Colorado is always uh, boy I, I hate going to that <laughs> ballpark because it's always a lottery. Uh, we've done pretty well up there recently. They've got two or three pitchers, and they've got guys that are going to hit the ball out the ballpark, and Bryant's going to be back by then. And uh, uh, C.J. Crone, is it uh, their first baseman up there? He's been killing the ball. Um, 
Yeah. So they're they're going to score their runs, um, but they're going to allow some runs too, and their bullpen isn't very good. We can come out of there with at least a split in the series, uh, and you know come back with a winning winning record from out uh, out west. But uh, you you hit it right on the head. You said that the, the Nats and the Pirates are we've got a step on their neck, and unfortunately the Pirates aren't very neck steppable right now. But uh, I they, I think that they'll wear down you know over the, over time. Uh, the Cubs Cubs are going to be a fight because David Ross doesn't want to lose to us, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and 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 he's got them playing pretty well for a team that's sort of strapped for talent. I mean, um, Ortega's playing pretty good ball for them uh, in center field, and and you know they've got a got a couple of guys. They still got Contreras for right now, uh, so they're not going to fold like a wet napkin either. But um, and Wrigley's always interesting to play in. So, uh, but you're right. We've got to do something now. We've got to go on a tear. Uh, the lineup's got to do what it does and get out there and, and you know go through go nine and nine and three through that that series or something like that, and and give us some momentum going into the break so get convinced that uh, needs to go get us a center fielder and a pitcher uh, because I think that's what we need most right now. I think that's about right. Um, your point about the Colorado Rockies is well taken. They are a different constructed team so far this year. Yeah, C.J. Crone has 10 homers, but that's 10 out of 37 for the entire club, whereas you know the Braves have 47 as, as a team. But at the same time, the Braves are hitting 223 and have an OPS plus of 90. That's 9-0, way below uh, average. The Rockies are at 103 for the OPS plus, and they're hitting 263 as a team. Whether you call that Coors Field effect or not doesn't matter. They're hitting the ball. They're putting the ball in play. They're not trying to swing for the fences, it seems, and they've had decent results. That's why they've got an 18-19 and 19 record right now. So, Maybe the Braves could take a little bit of lesson from the way those guys are uh, winning some baseball games. Because uh, right now, I mean, here we are, just about a quarter of the way through the season, and a 17 and 21 Braves team just doesn't look very good right now. So it's going to be a struggle next couple of weeks. Uh, Miami, Philly, Miami again, Arizona, and Colorado. But then hopefully they can get something going if they can get their. Uh, Acts together or change the uh, change the approach because that's that's what's clearly necessary here. Everybody ought to wear high socks and change some luck around here. We got got to do there something go. different. <laughs> any any additional thoughts before we get out of here, Fred? Well, no, I mean I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm down on the whole team because I'm not. Swanson's coming around. I'm not sure about Demerit. You know, he went on that really on that tear, and he's got he's got one of the best line drive uh, marks on the team at about twenty one and a half percent, and he sort of didn't do anything for a couple of games. Let uh, I'm hoping he comes back to life in Miami, uh, because otherwise he could be one of these guys that peaks and then vanishes on us, and then I don't know where you go after that. Maybe that's Waters. I don't know, or maybe you. I I. It's just we just got we just got to get some kind of momentum going somewhere. I need Ozzy to to be Ozzy from 2019. I need him to get out there and be on base and 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 run like his tails on fire and be on base every time he comes up or that so make him so scared to pitch to him that they walk him or they don't they they don't give him anything good to hit and he gets on base because right now they can throw it you know somewhere near his feet and unless he's got his nine iron with him he isn't doing it and I love Ozzy to death but he's got to he's got to do better because he's the heartbeat of this team. 
and it, he's, he's he's sort of in fibrillation right now. So we got to get him going. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the the challenge because you've got a lot of pitching coming up, and it's hard to get uh, additional hitting momentum when you got uh, good pitching that you're facing. And by the way, it looks like uh, Wheeler's probably set up for either the first or second game in Atlanta when the Phillies come to town. So well, you're just yeah. a bundle of joy tonight, aren't you? I, I know it. I, <laughs> I I keep hoping for something good, but I I suppose the good news is that the Mets are are not running off and hiding here. And with their injuries, they're liable to, to come back down to earth fairly quickly, uh, I, w- I would think, because they're, they're pitching that they're cobbling together just really can't hold together too well. And I, I think there is an opportunity here if they can get going. So, Yeah, they can wait on us. They can certainly wait on us. And, and if they do that, then we, we have a team that can we – seen, we've seen a team that can go out and just, you know, tear out, go on a big run and – but, but, you know, Max is going to be back, and so is DeGrom. I mean, that, we have to expect that. And, uh, boy, uh, we got to do something in that gap, that six-week gap. We've got to attack that like, hey, let's go let's go eat some of this cake and get up right over it so they can feel us breathing down their necks and, and put make this a race because right now it isn't one. Yeah, that's much. All right, well, that's going to throw a tarp over the front porch chat today. Let's see if we can do this again next week. But please do us the favor of checking on our writing efforts at TomHawkDick.com, where we strive to provide our thoughts on the Atlanta Braves on a daily basis. But for now, this is Off Leo's Rocker, and Fred and I thank you for hearing out these two grumpy old men. See you next time. This has been Off Leo's Rocker, a podcast presentation of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as Minute Media is, hopefully more than ever now, most likely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 this was a piece by kevin mcleod entitled hard boiled which was modified to fit in the available space his works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io all other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by tomahawkdick.com thanks for tuning into the podcast today and let's see if these atlanta braves can become a little less like the old physics joke about inertia they just aren't gaining any momentum right now we'll see you next time presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.